The Nonprofit Happy Hour. A weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do gooders with interviews, music, and documentaries. You're listening to the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X Ray FM. Brought to you by the Media Institute for Social Change, a public interest media lab that works to inspire, empower, and engage emerging media producers. Learn more online at mediamakingchange.org or in person at Citizen, our nonprofit coffee shop and program space at 3636A North Mississippi Ave. I'm Rachel Miller Howard. On today's show, we talk with Walter Jaffe and Paul King of Whitebird, a nonprofit dedicated to bringing the best local, national, and international dance companies to Portland audiences. This is Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Happy Hour. I am really excited to be joined in the studio today. Uh, Paul King, Walter Jaffe are the co-directors? Co-founders. Co-founders of of Whitebird Dance. Um, And I want to start out with having uh, one of you or both of you explain that you're not a dance company, but you're a dance presenter. And what is that and how unique is that? Uh, a dance co- that is actually a really good question, Phil, because people think of Whitebird as a dance company, which suggests that we have dancers and we have a dance studio and we put on shows. Well, we put on shows, but we don't have our dancers and we don't have a dance studio. What we do, and we've been doing this now, we're going now in our 20th season, which is a big deal. We bring dance companies, and they're contemporary dance companies from all over the world. And our tagline is Discover a World of Dance, which really has been the journey that we've taken everybody on from literally the first day of Whitebird, which started in October 1997 with the Paul Taylor. We've asked everybody to come on this journey with us of discovering what is out there as far as contemporary dance. Presenting refers to the act of bringing the art form to the public. It's, we, we basically are promoters or impresarios, mm-hmm. something like that. We do the curating. We do the selecting, the curating, the marketing. We secure the venue. We do all the logistics for getting the companies here. Once they're here, we make sure everything is going smoothly. We want to continue to sell a lot of tickets. And ultimately, we want the audience to have a really exciting time. Yeah, it's unusual. People don't really know what a presenter is, and it's not really the right term. And in Europe, they call them programmers. So, but but in the seventies, there there were in the U.S. there were thirty six dance only presenters in the U.S. And um, now there's about thirteen. And we're the sole dance-only presenter west of the Rockies. So Portland's unique to support this. And it's not happening in any other city in the West. You guys are doing something really incredible. You're bringing dancers from uh, New York. You're bringing dancers from Israel. You're bringing dancers from Korea. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it is, it's an incredible smorgasbord. Yeah, thank you. The, the other part of, of our mission is to make, make it affordable for people to see it. That's definitely a part of our mission and also to commission work we've commissioned 36 works in our in our um, 
20 years. And, and whenever we've had a, presented a Portland-based dance company, we've always commissioned them. And, and so I want to talk a little bit. There's a lot of things you, you, you've already brought up. Um, you guys are in venues all around the city. Your bigger ones are in the Newmark and the Schnitzer. But then you guys find um, funky venues. Well, uh, well, we are also in PSU Lincoln Hall. A lot of the Encage is there. That, that was the original home of, of the White Bird PSU Dance Series before we named it Uncaged a few years ago when that building was closed for two years. We made a decision to go into the community if the work has to be uncaged. Absolutely. And, and, and let's talk a little bit more about the work. So you bring companies from all over the world. That means that you guys also travel all over the world. We, t- we travel, but we, it's strategic the way we travel. <laughs> we just don't you know, just get on the plane and go everywhere. Uh, there are dance festivals that we are invited to. Then we're in, we do go look at work, specifically work that we're interested in or considering. Seeing the work live is imperative for us, especially with companies that we are not aware of. I mean, we're always trying to discover new work and new artists. Even artists we know well, it's not that every work is perfect, every work is appropriate for our season, so we do need to see it live. And we impress upon that the importance of our seeing the work live. So Paul will travel, I will travel, we trust each other. If Paul comes back and says the work's amazing, then most likely, uh, you know, we'll, we'll definitely consider it. That's it, gotta be a great feeling, though, to see something and say, I wanna share this with a few thousand people back yeah. in Portland. Yeah, yeah. well, it, it is. I mean, it's, it's a responsibility, and, it, and we've learned about this that it's not about our taste. It's not like we're, we're, um, we're satisfying our own desires. We're trying to curate a season that is well-rounded and, and uh, provides a variety of experiences for people, and sometimes that means it might be challenging but we're, it's our responsibility to provide the context uh, for, for entry into the work so people have, you know, have an accessible way in to see it. And you've also you've made an incredible network. Before we went on the, the air, um, Walter was talking about you had, you've recently traveled to Ethiopia. Yes. And, and, and that's a, uh, um, maybe not a place that people first associate with dance. Right, um, but there's a Portland connection and there's a dance connection. Yeah, no, thanks for for bringing that up. You're so right because this, all of this, is about relationships, and and that's why we go back to see artists that we already know because we want to see what they're up to now and and follow their journey and be a part of it, you know, and support them. But this was a case of a young man named Matt Beatty, who's from Portland. Raised by a single mom in the Reach uh, projects, and um, and he was a Jefferson dancer. He really was doing a great job. You know, finding dance was really an important thing for him as a high school kid. You know, and we knew we knew him. And when we brought Scapino Ballet, Ballet Rotterdam from the Netherlands, he got a hold of us and said, "Do you think I could take class with them?" And we were like, well, let's find out. We'll ask him. And they were they were okay with it. And he got to know some people. He ended up getting a scholarship at the Coda Arts in Rotterdam. That's a four-year arts school. 
So he got a degree and really excelled, and he ended up dancing for Scapino, Ballet Rotterdam. And then he went on to Malmo, Sweden, to Skonis Dance Theater. He has this very humanitarian streak, you know, and he really cares about people. He travels a lot. He's very curious and likes to get out. So he was backpacking in northern Ethiopia, and he ran into these a couple of young British women. They were working in an orphanage in Addis Ababa. So he went with them on their journey back to work as they were on vacation, and they went and he went to the orphanage. So a lot of these kids are kept there into their late teens and uh, even early 20s. And they're provided for, but they're not given life skills so that they can be sustainable on their own after leaving there. So Matt saw this, and last November, he took a year sabbatical from the Skonis Dance Theater and went to Otis, got an apartment, took in four of the kids, and was his mission to to give them some childhood memories and also to give them life skills. So they're in this apartment until and working together until they finish school. And he created a nonprofit. It's called Our Ethiopian Home. That's an amazing <laughs> story. From 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 North Portland to Sweden to Ethiopia to changing some kids' lives and and, and all connected through dance. Yeah for a 27-year-old kid to take a year off to do this and be so dedicated. We're all so overwhelmed by the, the events going on in our world now, you know, and, and you feel helpless, home, hopeless about what to do about it. And the truth is, if we t look at bite-sized ways that we can get involved, that, that we can actually make a difference, and he's doing that. So we're very proud of him, and he's from Portland. That is fantastic. I, I, I want to talk a little bit about the upcoming season and also uh, use that as an opportunity to talk about 20 years. 20 years, two decades. That's a lot of dance. <laughs> right. It's a lot of change. The bird's uh, getting old. <laughs> <laughs> the bird being, being Barney the bird, who is uh, White Bird is named after. Um, so Paul Taylor, dance company, who is that? Why, why do you guys like Paul Taylor? Okay, well, that was literally the beginning as a white bird. Paul and I moved to... Not Paul Taylor, but... but Paul King. <laughs> and there's an interesting story about that, too, the confusion between the two Pauls. But Paul King and I moved from New York City to, to Portland in June of 1996. And we had different backgrounds at the time. Paul was a pastry chef and went to culinary school and worked in restaurants, top restaurants in New York and also in Europe. I have a PhD in German literature. I ultimately was working for a German publisher in New York. But uh, we've been together since 1982, and we uh, we started seeing a lot of dance. And one of the dance companies we were discovering was Paul Terrell Dance Company. And then I was invited to be on the board of Paul Taylor, so I got to know the company really well. When we moved to Portland, we weren't quite sure what we were going to do. We think we might do something with food. But ultimately, we ended up getting involved with Paul Taylor because there was a conference, a booking conference in Portland in, in summer of 1997 called the Western Arts Alliance Booking Conference. It's the, one of the big regional conferences where all the 
arts people come together and, and the presenters learn about what's touring. And so the general manager at the time, whose name is John Thomason, invited us to come meet up. He was coming to Portland and he said, sure. And we went to the conference and he started introducing us to people. He said, why don't you present Paul Taylor? And we said, what are you talking about? We don't know what you mean by present. <laughs> he said, oh, well, there was a time when Portland was a very important stop on the dance touring schedule for many dance companies. That all ended by the time we moved to Portland. So he told us, well, we, we, why don't you find out whether that's even feasible? We started talking to key people in the arts at the time, and they all encouraged us and said, absolutely, there's a dance audience. So we said, okay, we'll try it. In October of 1997, we booked the Schnitzer, and we started selling tickets. We wondered whether anybody would show up. And we brought this amazing program of the Paul Taylor Company, and we had uh, close to 1,400, 1,500 people come. Being from New York, we thought, well, you know, let's do a subscription because that's what everything is in New York. And so that first season, we had um, six dance companies, and we started with Greg Bielmeyer. We started with a Portland-based artist, and it was called Odd Duck Lake. It was a great work with uh, Three Leg Torso did the music. And we had 761 subscribers that first year. And at the end of that season, we, we did a, a special event. We call them exclusive events. And it was White Oak with Mikhail Baryshnikov. And it was uh, Misha and five women. We wanted to call it Misha and his harem, but they wouldn't let us call it that. So we, um, we went from 761 subscribers to 1,800 in one year, and only Misha could do that. We now, last season, we had 1,700 subscribers and a 70% renewal rate. So, you have a loyal base. Yeah, we do. Yeah, We're very and, fortunate. And 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 I want to talk about some of the changes. So, twenty years ago, and and your your tastes have somewhat been honed at that point by uh, what's happening in New York, uh, in in the the mid nineties, sure. uh, and and obviously uh, big names, well known names. Since then, you've been exposed to uh, literally a world of dance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. How have your tastes changed? <laughs> that's, that's actually a fascinating question because, honestly, we knew something about dance when we started Wipered, but we did not know that much, honestly. And that's why we always have considered this a, a, a journey where we and our audience come along together on this road of discovery, of exploration. We are, we are as much discovering the dance companies as our audience is. I would say that though those initial years, uh, many of what is now our subscription audience was originally very unfamiliar with contemporary dance, including our board, as a matter of fact, too. And so we, it was an education for all of us. And and how our tastes have changed? Well, yes, our tastes have changed because we've seen a lot of dance. Our, we are excited by new two voices. The voice is very important for us. Someone who has to be very distinct and unique. Uh, and, and so they often become part of what we call the Uncaged series, uh, which is basically that they're smaller companies, artists that are not as well known as in the Wiper Dance series, 
And we have seen a lot of work that pushes our buttons, and we brought some of that work and it has pushed our audience's buttons. But what we realize is it can't be just our taste. It can't just be our aesthetic. What, what we have to really be conscious of how we build our audience and how we expand it with people who really are unfamiliar with dance. So when we bring artists that are new to the audience, we find it incredibly important we provide context. And we have great, for example, we have post-show Q&As, which our audiences love. We have tried to do pre-show talks. We, and there are other opportunities, too. We go out into the community with, with the, the companies. And that way, the, the, the community really starts discovering the work. So as far as how our tastes have changed, it's, I, I would say our taste has expanded, as, as our audience's tastes have expanded, too. And, and they just think, be, everybody's become more knowledgeable in the process. Quality is number one. Yes. You know, it, it just has to be high-quality work. I want to talk a little bit more about some of the changes over 20 years. I, I know for myself, my, my uh, knowledge of contemporary dance was f somewhat limited before I knew White Bird to White Knights, the Mikhail Breshnikov and Gregory Hines film right. from the 80s. And, <laughs> right. And um, because of White Bird, I certainly have... Uh, you know, been exposed to a couple dozen companies, which is remarkable. I mean, it's it's really, I'm really grateful for my own personal experience. I'm wondering how the changes in Portland over the last five years are affecting White Bird. You have a lot of people moving from LA, from New York, from yeah. Chicago, from bigger cities. Are they, but, but at the same time, maybe don't have the history. Uh, they don't, come to town and say, oh, I've been on this journey with Whitebird for the right, past 15, right. 20 years. Um, I, I would imagine that's a complex question for, for you all to, to, to solve. You're right. I mean, we, we, we did recently a survey, well, at last, the end of last season, we did a survey at three different shows, one in each of the different series. And so we, this, this survey was very helpful. And what we found out was that, um, your audience is broad. It's broader than, I think, the normal, maybe symphony, ballet, opera, Portland Center Stage audience. But these surveys told us that our audience is um, mostly women. They're, they're well-educated. They have a good income. And maybe that's also who fills out surveys. <laughs> you know? Uh, but... We we also done done some other research with a company called Pyramid here, and what we found out that matters to our donors is what's on that stage, the quality of that work, the fact that it's in New York and San Francisco. They read about it in the New York Times, sometimes before it gets to New York because we brought it here before, but sometimes after. And also the other reason that they give, it was cited, is their relationship with us. They're not getting a call from a development person. They're coming and having dinner at our home. We're, we're, we become friends, you know, and that's really important, building those relationships. I want to, we're going to take a quick music break and then come back. And I want to talk about, because this is the nonprofit happy hour and we often talk about administrative issues as well. I want to talk about you know, the unique uh, composition of your board and um, some other issues. Uh, we're going to listen to David Bowie. This is the nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM.
played guitar Jamming good with Webb and Gilly And the spiders from Mars He played it left hand But made it too far Became the special man Then we were Ziggy's band Ziggy really sang Screwed up eyes and screwed down hairdo Like some cat from Japan He could lick them by smiling He could leave them to hang Became on so loaded man Well hung and snow white That was, of course, uh, David Bowie. We're playing it because White Bird Dance has presented uh, Complexions, which is a company that was basing uh, a, a one of one of their dances off of David Bowie's work. I think it's also interesting that later in the season in February, um, you were presenting a Sgt. Pepper's at, at 50. And, yes. And, um, we're so I, happy about that. We're actually a commissioner of this work, which is a big deal for us. It's very inventive and, and clever. And and there, there's a vocalist. He sings Penny Lane. It, it's I think of this kind of as Mark Morris. Uh, this is the, the artist who's created this Mark Morris dance group. Um, that it's kind of his Broadway piece, but it's very accessible, very high quality, and um, it was a fun evening, you know. It's, so we're very excited to be involved with it and be bringing it in in February. Paul King and Walter Jaffe are the co-founders for White Bird Dance, <laughs> which uh, has brought contemporary dance to Portland for the past 20 years. And I think it's interesting. I mean, Complexions, uh, the, the Mark Morris dance group and the Sgt. Peppers, you guys flirt with 
pop culture, but maybe don't always go there. And you, you, you gave a little bit of the tip of the hat, Paul, to like a Broadway production. And, and, and rarely are your productions uh, Broadway style productions. These yeah. are, uh, they're, they're fun, they're challenging, they're serious, they're dark at times. Yeah. Uh, at times they're bombastic. Yeah. And, and there always feels like a sense of discovery. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. Which yeah, I think is really one I of think the, the the diversity. I one of the things we keep hearing from uh, from our audience and our donors too, is the breadth and diversity of what we bring, the unpredictability, and that's for us is so important that we don't want audience coming in knowing exactly what they're going to be seeing on stage. I mean, yeah, and Portland is is just so lucky to have Whitebird Dance and and just to bring this uh, world class and and intriguing and different. Dance. I want to give our listeners a little bit of a peek behind the curtain uh, in terms of I I find it fascinating and and really uh, charming and and it, I, I don't know if you still do this but your board of directors used to all be couples. Yes. Well, it's that, very... that was a template that started way back when actually the beginning of of Whitebird. We formed Whitebird originally as an LLC, but we met a very important arts advisor, his name is George Thorne, he lives in this community, and he's really become extremely well-known in this community for advising in arts nonprofits. And we met him and his wife, Nancy, and became good friends, and he suggested strongly we, we form Whitebird as a nonprofit, which meant we had to form a board of directors. And we asked George and Nancy if they would be our founding board members. And then that, that set a model because many, we, many of our other board members were couples. And that has, not, has evolved to the point now we have couples, we have a mother and son, and we have singles. Singles are certainly invited onto the board as well. But we always have considered our board, which has been incredibly supportive and helped certainly uh, drive the fundraising of Whitebird, as almost family. And and part of it too is is the dance companies are almost always hosted yeah. uh, for for a, a dinner or right. some sort of event. And and again, that's something that's. Uh, it's it's a wonderful magical experience to go to a Whitebird dance performance, but I, there's more. That's the tip of the iceberg. Well, it's you know we want the artists to feel special. They're on tour. They you know they're a different place every few days, if not every night, and um, we always meet them at at the airport. And so the board. What's been great about having couples is that one person doesn't get left out. You know. When, when there's involvement, there's so many social aspects to what Wiper does. So we love having both parties, uh, part of the relationship involved. And that makes it much easier for them to open their home. Often these, these dinners are in, in the homes of, of our board members and other people that want to just do that and help. And it, it gives the, the artists a feeling that they matter. And that translates out to... Uh, your relationship with the audience and the dancers' experience here in Portland. Um, final question. Um, you two, Walter and Paul, you come out and you talk before each show. Too much. <laughs> when when did the red shoes start? Oh, the red <laughs> shoes. I know a lot of... Yeah, the red shoes, I um, I don't know. And it's just for, like... our, for our listening audience, so Paul comes on the stage and has... Uh, somewhat bright red shoes. Yeah, pretty bright. Well, <laughs> I saw these red suede shoes 
And they were my size, and I thought, you're never going to find another pair of red shoes in size 13. <laughs> and I think they're on sale, and I just said, you should buy them. And now it's like, now what am I going to do with them? You know, they're, it rains here all the time. I got suede shoes. So I thought, well, I'll wear them at the shows. I think they're snakeskin or something. I don't, I don't want to get kicked out of Portland, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are memorable. Yeah, they are thank, memorable. Thank you. <laughs> Paul King and Walter Jaffe are the co-founders for Whitebird Dance. Uh, if our listeners are not already uh, uh, subscribers, I certainly encourage to do so. It is as uh, the 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 dance experiences are magical. Uh, they're challenging. They're fun. It is uh, some of the best culture that that Portland does offer. I thank you both for you. Uh, twenty years of bringing this thank to you, Portland. Thank you, Phil. It's our pleasure. We're the lucky ones. Yeah, and just just. Uh, matter of fact and information all everything about whitebird is on our website whitebird.org and you can order tickets through whitebird.org that's our sales pitch <laughs> and you can subscribe through whitebird.org yeah, and my email address is pking at whitebird.org so we'd love to hear from you any way we can help you have a better experience or gain access to the shows we'd love to do it yeah well, and mine is wjaffe j-a-f-f-e at whitebird.org but we hope to see you all at the show Thank you both. Thank, Thank you, you, Phil. Phil. It's been a really appreciate it. Special thanks to Stormbreaker Brewing, Winderlea Vineyard and Winery, and Ristretto Roasters. If your organization or business is interested in underwriting our show, please email phil at mediamakingchange.org. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and KXRY Radio, X-Ray FM. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our producer and editor is Rachel Miller-Howard. Archives of past shows can be found on our SoundCloud page. Questions, comments, or ideas about the show can be sent to info at mediamakingchange.org. Thanks for tuning in.